When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're here for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for uh, tuning in here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, just one guest in the first hour of the program, Nick Oson on Iowa State. There is Iowa State news that just broke prior to going on the air. We'll get to that momentarily concerning Isaiah Brockington. Uh, Nick Oson, 1035cyclonealert.com. In our number two, Rob Doster from the field of 68, and then Scott Dockerman uh, will catch up on all things Big Ten. Uh, they had another disappointing NCAA tournament, both football and uh, basketball with Doc, uh, coming up here about 11.30 as we take you just before noon. We're down to four teams uh, in college basketball. The weekend was kind of, the games were kind of gross. Meh. Right? We're still waiting for that moment, aren't we? Mm -hmm. That big buzzer beater, when's it going to happen? Well, uh, if you're a Kentucky fan here today, if you're a Purdue fan here today, do you feel worse? I mean, you couldn't feel Hmm. much worse after the first weekend of the tournament. Um, and then Purdue getting bounced the way they did. But to watch just, I mean, St. Peter's was just awful yesterday. Yeah, it was just terrible. It was kind of the, well, the team we thought we'd see against Kentucky, right? They looked like a 15 seed for the first time ever, right? Right, yeah. And Great story. It, don't get me wrong. I'm not killing them. It'll be remembered for a long time. Sure. We've will. never seen anything like nope. this. Not, not even close. The two other 15s that have made it here. Well, Roberts had a chance in the Sweet 16, but you couple it with St. Peter's, it wasn't just a 15. It was the Peacock's name. Right. It was Holloway, the coach. It, it, yeah, Shaheen, yeah. a guy that people remember as a point guard at Seton Hall and a really well, good Trent, player. He was a 1996 McDonald's All-American. You know who he played that game with? Kobe Bryant. Oh, you know, wow. You know, you know the MVP of that game was? Holloway. How about that? Dude could play. Dude could play. So, And I now mean, he's getting paid. Yeah, uh, uh, and he, apparently it's a done deal already. Yeah, it, it, it was done before. Sure. Anything. He went from what he, apparently he went from, he's making... Two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. this year, and he goes to like two point five million at Seton Hall. It's not bad when you get a ten time raise, huh? No, I'll say, I'll say. That's Anyways, yeah, no, it was. So back to the back to the breaking news. Isaiah Brockington, uh, according to uh, ESPN.com, what's the guy's name? Jared Jer- Jeremy Given Givenay G I V O N Y Givoni. Oh yeah, 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 Givoni. J- Jonathan Givoni. Yep. Uh, Draft, Draft Express. Draft yep. Express. He was the one that um, uh, that tweeted that Isaiah Brockington will go forego his uh, final year of eligibility. Well, he still can come back as long as he doesn't hire an agent. Mm-hmm. And that part has uh, not clear by any means yet, but he's going to test the waters. <laughs> of course he would. Well, he should. Also, also see what overseas opportunities are out there in Absolutely. those kind of things. So, yes, we know that there is a war happening over in Europe and 
certainly on the eastern side of Europe, so that changes things, but doesn't mean there's not going to be opportunities sure. out there also on that side. Brockington, to give him a shot. I don't know. You know o- over under of a half minute. In the NBA? In the NBA. Does he get a shot? Yes. I think so, too. I think there's going to be an opportunity. Now, we know the best way to get there, if you're a fringe-type guy like Brockington is, is to grind it out. You go to the G League, and you don't make much money, yep. but you grind it out and you give yourself an opportunity. But we see him trot out there for the Iowa Energy next day year. contract? Yeah, wouldn't that be? We'll Play see. Play for the Wolves, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, yeah, maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. you get that shot. You get that call-up. You get a 10-day contract because there are skills that are compatible with the league. He can play defense. Mm-hmm. He's got a great mid-range, mid-range game. Yep. Something that is a lost art, certainly, well, in all levels of basketball, and certainly the NBA. It's a different kind of skill set, but I think, yes, he's going to get a shot at some point. It, it is the sport that I have the most trouble with college to the pro, the, the leap from college to the pro, as a, because we see so many kids that have come through the years, and well, this kid's going to make a lot of money. And right. he's selling stuff. <laughs> um Legally, uh, but um, hopefully, yeah. I mean, you get my point. It's just there's just so few jobs, right? There's so few mm-hmm. roster spots. Anyway, so so we shall see. You know, along those lines, I got to give Jared Stansbury credit from Cyclone Fanatic, a fan site as fan as fan of a fan site as you're ever going to find, right? Mm-hmm. As hardcore, don't say anything about them uh, in a negative light. I thought that he wrote a piece that he kind of speculated a little bit, and I, I thought it was really well done, and and kind of. Out of the norm that, you know, you're speculating that, you know, these guys are going to hit the road. Condit's going to be asked to leave and, and Bob Jones going to be asked to leave and, and Jane Walker's not coming back and Trey Jackson probably won't be there. He said the quiet part out loud, which is rare on one of those type of sites. Let's go down that road and let's say that they, all four of those guys, depart, asked to leave, find a new home, whatever mm-hmm. it turns out to be, or guys that just decide to hang it up. Right. You got four extra scholarships then to play with. How how do I want to phrase this? What kind of destination is Iowa State for the transfer market? We know TJ has certainly dabbled in that before. Sure. He's done a really good job. Yep. We've also talked about how different it is today than when Hoiberg and him started doing yep. that, what, 12 years they ago were now? pioneers. Absolutely. They were at the forefront uh-huh. of it. And everybody wasn't involved in that market. Right. They were. Now everybody is. Now everybody is. Yep. So with that in mind, you got a team coming off the Sweet 16, year one, that's easy to sell. And look what we did in year one with mm-hmm. all these parts that we just cobbled together, quote-unquote, last minute. Now we bring you in what we can do. I think it's a pretty good selling point. Well, look at the, yeah, and I, I agree with you. And also the thing that if you're a Cyclone fan, I think is, you have to feel pretty good about. Look at his eye for talent. I mean, Gabe Kalshier and Isaiah Brockington changed that program. Mm-hmm. They just the way they played the game and everybody fed off the way that they did things. You know, Caleb Grills followed TJ Otzelberger everywhere. Yeah, so I'm really yeah. not going to give him credit for that. Um, he just, <laughs> he follows him everywhere. Uh, and, and Grills defense is at another level and good for him for, play, for being, uh, you know, so cognizant of that end of the floor. Uh, it's going to be a different roster, but they got some pieces coming back. Uh, and back to Stansbury's piece, he thinks that Kalsher definitely comes back. Uh, Jazz Koontz probably comes back. He said those two guys he believes are going to be a part of it. You're bringing in those new kids, uh, those freshmen. Uh, they got a kid sitting out on a transfer. So to your point, I think that uh, Otzel Berger's name in the transfer portal carries a lot of weight, and he's certainly got the right connections. Is there any other news to come about guys that are going to flirt? And there's only one guy that I'm actually talking about here. Tyrese Hunter. Top 50 player nationally coming in. 
He is a prototypical point guard. We know the shooting needs work. Mm-hmm. We saw the great game against LSU, but still not a great shooter. But he knows how to run a team. Mm-hmm. Well, what? he's the guy. I mean, he can't lose them. Right, right. You're, you're going back to the drawing board in right. a big-time way if that happens. Tyrese Hunter, though, does he flirt? Does he go through the process? Because remember, you can go through the process yeah, I don't f- no, as many I, times as you mm-hmm. want. He can't shoot. Right. Um, but the NBA feels I mean, like they can fix it. It wouldn't hurt, right? It, would, it wouldn't hurt to do that. A guy with those kind of assist numbers that knows how to run uh-huh. a team, a guy that was a leader, too. Yeah, and let's make no mistake, this is his team. The, yes. the mantle, if it wasn't passed over the weekend, and I thought it was in the um, in the, the game against, who did they play first? LSU uh, in, in the tournament. I thought that that's mm-hmm. the night that it became his team, and then he went out the next day and was, what, one for ten? Great defender. Yeah. A prototypical point guard. Mm-hmm. And the NBA says, well, we can fix the shooting. You got the other pieces We'll be fine. So few spots. I mean, go go through it, see what they say. Mm-hmm. But I I believe he'll be uh, in Ames next year, and that certainly will make the nation happy if indeed he is. So, but, it, but if it does happen where he says he's going to test the process, don't freak out. No, fans. don't, don't, don't. Absolutely, Re- realize that. Yes, he can do this after his freshman uh-huh. year and a sophomore year right. and his junior year too. Keep coming back, and you can keep coming back. It is a different age that we've had in the past where you could only do it once uh-huh. and allow yourself to come back. That is not the case anymore. A remarkable season, Trent. Uh, just a remarkable season for what this team did and took their fan base uh, on the journey that um, nobody saw coming to, to start to not lose a game uh, until the, uh, not, and not against a, a Big 12 team until you came up against Miami. Um, that's, that's pretty good. Miami was just their night, right? Just, I, Brockington, back to him for a second. He looked like he was on fumes at the end. Look, he he wore the bullseye for the longest time and was able to overcome it, but it just seemingly um, took its toll as the season went on, the last week of the regular season into the Big 12 tournament. And it's good to see that other guys stepped up. You know, if it was, was Hunter one night, it was Kalsher the next night. Uh, the uh, the um, uh, the game on the weekend it just it just wasn't their night. It just wasn't their night Friday night. Who led them in scoring? Was it Hunter? Yeah, it was a couple with eleven. I think that's what it was. Hunter and Kelsher. I think it was Hunter and Kelsher. Uh, Hunter had thirteen and Kelsher had thirteen. Okay. Yeah, eleven for Brockington. I was looking at Brockington's uh, game log here and what he did at the end of the season. So he had that great run that culminated in the win against West Virginia. Where he scores thirty five points, he's hitting threes, he's doing everything, and as he did most of the year, the whole offense was on his back, and then it fell off. Mm-hmm. And over the last what would it be nine games, he never had an offensive rating over one hundred, which is average. Never was over one hundred mm-hmm. one time mm-hmm. during the final. I think that goes to your point there. A guy running on fumes had so much that was on him, and maybe there's something to say too about the way he shoots. I mean, he because he jumps. So damn high mm-hmm. on that jump shot, mm-hmm. you lose start to lose your legs at the end of the season, and could that have been an impa- impactful part of it? I would think. I, I think it, there's just something to do with it, at the very least. There, but he is going to be remembered in those great runs oh, of one year guys. Yes, heard heard plenty of Kelsher. Hey, thanks for what you did. No, we know no, 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 no. But we're ready for you to move on. Yeah, no, you're not ready for him to move on. You need him. He's um, him and Brockington changed your team the way that they played, bought into your head coach's philosophy uh, in a big way. I that, like uh, Stansbury said, I, he thinks Calshier's uh, coming back. We'll see if he's right. And Aruna, no shot, right? There's no way he's coming back. Where would he go? Would he have to sit out a year? Oh, because uh, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. If he'd have to sit out a then, year, no, then stay. where's he going to go? Right, that's a much more difficult. So unless he you know transfers to D two, mm-hmm. and I'm going to guess a guy that started his career at Kansas. 
isn't thinking about going to Emporia State or Upper Iowa. No, no, no. And, and if the, if the uh, exit meetings are, I just don't see the many minutes for you next year. Mm-hmm. You have to take that, keep that in mind, right? You, you want to stay, but your minutes are going to be given to somebody else. It's probably better that they, you know, do take another opportunity if it's out there. Trey Jackson, mm-hmm. um, you know, a good example. And Aruna, if he doesn't have that extra year, if he does have that sit out because he's transferred. You know, it's so weird to try and keep track of this with that air quote free year that everybody yes. gets, right? Uh, anyway, so uh, move on. But again, uh, nobody's moving on from Iowa State as far as how they re- will remember this team as improbable a run um, as I can think of in the state, honest to God. Mm-hmm. It really and truly was for them to do what they did uh, last year uh, to the complete switch. Just made the Sweet 16 for crying out loud. Now, another coach made the Sweet 16 in his first year at Iowa State, Steve Prohm. Yep. And made yep. two more tournaments afterwards, yep. Yep. but the wheels fell off. Mm-hmm. This feels different. It does. It feels different. Now, at the time, you're coming off of Hoiberg. You have this yeah. guy that had all this and success. And he took Hoiberg's talent where yeah. Otzelberger rebuilt it himself. Rebuilt it himself and did so very quickly, yeah. relatively speaking. Right. I mean, that, that 2016 team with Prohm, he already had, I mean, just a ready-made roster sure, that was ready did. to go. And beat Iona, beat Arkansas Little Rock, lost to Virginia. But you had a senior in George Niang. You had Deontay Burton. You had Abdul Nader. You had Naz Mitru Long for at least a little bit of the season. That was when he got hurt. Monte Morris in his junior year. Jamil McKay. Matt Thomas. He wasn't bringing those dudes in. No. Those, those guys were already there and did a really nice job with that group. So I, I guess that's some people would point to that. Hey, this has happened before in year one. Mm-hmm. No, different story. Different story. Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Robert Jones, Jazz Kuntz, and Aruna, um, Kalsher, Brockington. Those guys all arrived after mm-hmm. TJ got there. Remarkable season. Well done, TJ Otzelberger uh, and the staff. Be interesting to see what that roster looks like. Look, it's going to, yeah, th- these next few days into the next few weeks, we'll know about rosters of the four teams in state, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's coming? Who's staying? Who surprised you? Boy, I didn't see that one coming. Is Noah Carter back to you and I? Is There's he gone? the thing, right? What's Green going to do? Mm-hmm. We've heard the rumors. The register shot them down. Um, what's going on over in Iowa City? Where the is Connor McCaffrey going to make it official and come back? What's the rest of that roster going to look like? Is there going to be a surprise? Not defection. Mm-hmm. That's not the right word. But a guy that just exercises his uh, um, option to go somewhere else and play. You know, we talked a lot about... This is like, not like a C.J. Frederick type of thing. Just, he's just leaving. Uncle Once, Joe. Right. Though he got us a, like, a couple weeks of shows in April. That was nice. Thanks, Uncle Joe, for that. The rest of you, a big middle finger to you. Uh, <laughs> that whole thing was wild in its own right. You figure one of the two point guards is going to leave. Don't I you? Think, yes. Between Toussaint and Ulis, one of those two guys is going to I leave. think it's the latter. You think it's Ulyss? Yeah. He saw his minutes certainly dwindle mm-hmm. as the end of the season happened. Now, if you would have asked me when McCaffrey was sitting out for the COVID the, the week mm-hmm. that he missed, and uh, and that was when Tucson was taken out of the starting lineup, I would have bet at that point, probably Joe T's leaving. You have Tucson that would come back and be a starter you would anticipate. We'll see what we're going to see out of DeSante Bowen, which I know there's buzz about him. He's a guy that is an offensive playmaker. Mm-hmm. Questions still remain kind of toughness, you know, how tough oh, really? he is. Yeah. That's one thing that I've heard about him. But overall, he is a skilled offensive player. And think of this. During the Fran McCaffrey tenure now, going on 12 years, 83% of it, the point guard has been Mike Gasell or Jordan Bowie. Isn't that something? That's crazy. 10 of the 12 years has had that. Really, the best year, the best point guard they had, I think, for Fran's system was year one with Bryce Cartwright. 
Well, they got in the scrap heap in like June. This is a guy that didn't have a place to play. And again, a different Jeez. era of, of recruiting in college basketball and transfers, but he was excellent for what they did. Is Bowen that guy? If, if he can be I know even, nothing about him, Trent. You know, 90% of the guy that we saw from Cartwright mm-hmm. in that year, then you really got something there. Because ultimately, you look at the point guards and the deficiencies of Bohannon and of Mike Gasell. For Bohannon, you know, it's athleticism. Not your break-it-down kind of point guard yep. kind of player. And on the other side, Mike Gasell, the shot never developed. Right. He missed those free throws at Hilton his sophomore year, and he couldn't hit free throws. And he couldn't hit threes at that point at the level that I think a lot of people anticipated. So I know there's hope about a new kind of point guard coming in, and maybe could that unlock something more, a higher tier, if you will, for Iowa basketball. We'll see if Bowen's that guy. Uh, Trent, uh, we are down to the final four. It's um, it's Blue Bloods. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a, look at the I was ready the for the St. Peter's story to yeah, kind of be over. I think, I, I think we all were, right? Mm-hmm. Just, we, got our lo- we got our fun with it, and it was fun. It was remarkable. It really and truly the was. The peacock name. The mustache. Pe- yes. And her, with a beautiful mustache. and every. And what, all, did, what did you say last week? How many fans were in the building for their final regular season home game? I think it was 434. That's unbelievable. 434 people bellied their way through the turnstiles. Bellied their way, yeah. For the, and that was actually, uh, I saw that was the home opener, I think. It was 434. It was, it was like 500 for their last regular Jeez. season game. It just That's what this program was. Yeah. But you had the fun peacocks. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Did you heard of it? Of St. Peter's? Yeah, I mean, you, I've heard of it, but I couldn't tell you where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have taken a couple of guesses to get their conference right. Yeah. But, I mean, I knew nothing about them. I did because they were one of the best teams against the spread this year. Uh, of course. And they play a lot of Friday night games in the MAC. Uh, that uh, uh, George Burnfield? Yeah. Y- yes. You yeah, would he be on those calls? Yep. So I saw them a few times this year, and they were okay. They were never like this. Yeah, they were fine, but they were good against the spread. So I fired at them against uh, with them a couple of times blindly, just because. Hey, this team's been really good against the spread. Let's see if it can continue. But yeah, to see something like that happen, absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. It was a story that we'll remember for a long time. But when you get to the Final Four, the George Mason story and the VCU story yeah. when they got there, even Butler to a certain extent, it's different now that they're in the Big East, but. These stories, you get the blue bloods and you get three of the truest blue bloods. Without a doubt. And Villanova. Yep. Nothing to sneeze at. Nope. nope. Top 20 all-time in wins, seventh Final Four, three national championships already. Jay Wright has a chance to put himself mm-hmm. in rarefied air and become one of the greatest ever with a victory in this and Final he'll Four. he'll have to beat Bill Self, yes. who stands in his way, at least to begin. And if he does, then somebody else, either Shashevsky or Davis, will be waiting. Uh, Shashevsky's Duke team, Trent, boy, oh boy. Look, from what? Speaking of switches being flipped, Trent, I don't know what they've done differently. I would mm-hmm. love to talk to somebody who follows Duke on day. From what I saw on the final Saturday night of the regular season, even into the ACC tournament, Virginia Tech paced at them. Trent, I don't want to say they look unbeatable, but man, oh man, this Duke's team's going to be tough to beat. Playing some defense, slapping the floor even if they're in zone. Yeah. I mean, that was a great moment in the game against Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about that, in fact, on Friday. But the slapping of the floor, mm-hmm. something that was such a calling card. And every dork in Iowa, you would be doing it. I did it at one point. I felt embarrassed afterwards because I hate Duke. <laughs> but it was something that during those early 90s teams, when they won the back-to-back national championships and really thrust onto the scene... That was a huge part of it, the slapping the floor, and this is how you get down, and you play defense, and, and you do those things. It was Coach Krzyzewski and what he kind of built there was something different than certainly we saw during that era. 
I mean, you go back and people of the UCLA era maybe can say things, but UCLA just got better mm-hmm. dudes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. They had a bag man and they, they delivered right. well. Right. And at the time, the, the, the game, um, if you had a big man in the middle, mm-hmm. you were going to do some damage. And they did year after year. And Bill Walton, yeah, Bill Sunder, and on and on and yep. on. And, and then they had stars around them, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, big time. That was a different era. This was, and there was also something with Christian Leitner. And Bobby Hurley, these And that guys. shot was, did I see that this is the anniversary of that shot? How many years would it go been? That 1991? 31 years 31 ago? years, yeah. Wow. Remember it well. Oh, me too. We me too. We were over shopping in Mason City. That's where we have to go to shop when you live in Osage. Oh, and is that right? On our way back. There was no the stores? Uh, there were stores, but. So you could grocery shop at Casey's? You had one no, of those? No, no, we had, we had a grocery store. You did? Yeah. Had a grocery store, but when you went to the mall. You had to go to Mason City yeah, to go to the mall. To the mall. <laughs> yeah, go there. And you want to go to J.C. Penny or Sears, you had to go to Mason City. To and that that was it, though, right? That's, oh, going, yeah. that's going to town when that's, you're going yeah. to J.C. Penny's or Sears? <laughs> going to the big town of Mason City <laughs> oh, and getting that. That's so we're great. on our way back, and the game's tight. Listening to the game, get home, and probably saw the last 10 minutes or something mm. like that. And the picture that was painted on the radio, you knew it was great. You knew something special was happening. But then to see it oh. and, and go from what your mind thinks it is to seeing that game and this Kentucky try-hard team mm. that were just coming off a huge probation and what they were turning into and, and young Patino out there with his squad, Richie Farmer with his ugly mustache. I mean, it comes full circle, right? <laughs> we go from one, one ugly mustache to another. And then that shot. And I, I remember vividly, we sat on the hoops court at our elementary school and we would try that shot time in and time out, trying to get it. And I... How did he get it off that quick? I have no idea. And how about the looks of the bench, too? Fake one way. Uh Come back the other and do it all in 2.1 seconds. It's impossible. It is. Yet the clock started right on time. Mm -hmm. I still think there's more than two seconds on that thing. Well, it might be, um, but it it certainly provided us with one of the the, uh, most amazing moments in sports history, regardless of sport. Are you rooting for Duke this weekend? Well, no, my, my wallet's rooting for Kansas. Oh, okay. Because that's the only ticket I have alive, which is tough to do to root for Kansas. Um, hey, who's the best player left in the tournament? Oh. Banchero? I think so, because here's a dirty little secret. Kansas is in the final four. Agbashi's not been good. He has not been good. He had 18 yesterday. He, the, his final, the 20 minutes, the second yeah. half, like the whole team kind of they came did. to life. But he's been awful in the tournament up until that point. And Brown could make a shot up until that point. Is it Baycott? Boy, he's been good. He's been real. Oh really my God, good. he's good. Yeah, he just toyed with those kids yesterday. Their their uh, their philosophy was apparently uh, going into it is nobody's punched them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. That's what they said after the. So that's what they were going to try and do right off the bat. They were going to, um, you know, let them know that they're let them know that they've uh, waded into deeper water. <laughs> right. But but think about it for crying out loud. Think of who they've beaten to get to this point. Gillespie. Doing his thing out He's there for really Villanova. Good. He yeah. just he knows how to run a team. So help me out with this, uh, Mr. Big East. Yes. Moore, Achilles, how big of a blow? Pretty significant. Yeah, has I, to be, right? I think this is one where it's still Villanova, and I still trust Jay mm-hmm. Wright. And I hope this poise spread continues to build throughout the week, because I, okay. I will nab Nova. You know, if we get this thing maybe up to five and a half, I think it's four and a half right now. Right, they're in that both range. around four, right? Yeah, I think Duke right now is minus four, and it's four and a half for Kansas at this point. If it keeps pushing forward there, but more, he's a he's a kind of playmaker that they really need. Gillespie for all the good things he is. Again, he's not a guy that's going to be going to the tin every single mm-hmm. time. 
there's times that offense. And they did a nice a job off. on him the other day too. They did. And he's a guy that can beat people off the dribble. He can be that swing guy. He can run the baseline, do different things. And and without more, it already wasn't a real deep team. They went from like a six and a half player rotation out to five and a half. That's pretty significant, isn't it? Yeah. No. And when you're going to play two, if you win two high level games in a row, that's going to be really difficult here. So because of that, I liked Villanova before the news, and but you could tell Jay Wright said after the game, nothing's broken, but. It's significant. Yeah, no, it's it's a blow. If you're a Kentucky fan or Purdue fan, just watching the St. Peter's team that took the floor <laughs> yeah. yesterday, I think it adds a little bit. You might have just been getting over it, particularly in Kentucky's case, because it's been a while now. But that's more salt in that wound that still hadn't completely sealed yet. They were terrible yesterday. For the amount of talent that Matt Painter has had, he's a good coach. Yeah. But you got to kind of... Where was Jaden Ivey? That's been, that's been weird all year. That dynamic has been off all season long. And then to have Zach Eady, mm-hmm. again, sitting at the bench, you have 30-plus games throughout the course of the season. Can we find a way? Can we sneak from the under-eight timeout to the under-four and play them both together? Can we try it? To not try it through the course of the season when you're playing Wright State or Bellarmine <laughs> or Nebraska-Omaha, and you don't try it. I think I saw the, the minutes that they played together, and it was like four, all season long. All the all, all season. season I, I want to say that not was averaged in the game. The no. entire body of work that Williams and wow. Edie played four minutes total together, and I could be off of the number, but regardless, we know it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. You had to try that at some point. You'd think you'd push that button, right? But they were playing so well, they got to number one in the country before the Rutgers mm-hmm. loss, and and maybe that's what's tainted it. Is they were playing so well? Well, we don't have to because we got this much talent. We're going to be fine. We know the deficiencies defensively. If they're both in there, so we're just going to go this way. I don't know. It's a button you didn't push, and yet another year as we go back now to 1980, last time Purdue. With all those championships Jesus. they have in the Big Ten, still no Final Four. No, it's 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 hard to believe. All right, uh, coming up, we are going to talk to Nick Olson, CycloneAlert.com. He'll join us here oh, at about 10.35 or thereabouts. Rob Dosterfield of 68 kicks off our number two. Scott Dockerman on the Big Ten and on Iowa. Um, I'm, I've got a feeling more on Purdue coming up here um, during that conversation. Let's get Jeff in here before we get to our break. As always, he's been patient. Jeff, thanks for hanging in there. How are you? Good. I, maybe I missed it, but I think we're forgetting about the best team left in the final four. I think that's North Carolina. And here's, the, here's what I want to tell you why. Last time Duke lost yeah. was against North Carolina. You guys had your bracketologist guys on it. And at one point, it was one team in the ACC, and that was Duke that was going to make the tournament. And here comes North Carolina. You guys said, you know, who's maybe the best player left, you know, in a draw? And I think it's Caleb Love. And it's not just He's Caleb been good. Love. He's been great. You got Davis that can shoot it. And how about Brady Manick is the story on that team. Well, well, here's the deal. We talk about transfers. Is that one of the best transfers of the year? Averaging 20 points a game, 45 from three. And let's not get it twisted against Baylor. That questionable flagrant flagrant two, they lost a 26-point lead. But the 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 straw that uh, serves the drink is Manick, and you guys were 100% on. But here's the storyline. Duke North Carolina has never played in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. We're going to get it in the Final Four. We're going to get Coach K. We're going to have Roy Williams sitting right behind the bench. And how about this? How about North Carolina beats Duke? Okay. And then they play Villanova. And if we remember right, Marcus Page from Marion hits a crazy three to take the lead in the championship. And Villanova hits about a 35 to 40 footer to win the game. 
So how about we get a rematch if we could? Because I, I do like North Carolina. We could get a North Carolina Villanova rematch of, was that the 2000, 2016, 2017? I've lost track. I'm sure Trent, you could help me on that. But if we get a rematch with that, how, what a, what a storyline finish for Herbert Davis, who could be, you know, all accounts. I didn't know what we were going to get out of Herbert Davis, but man, how far he has gained from start to where, you know, beating Duke. And getting everyone to buy in and having Roy Williams crying there on the sidelines. <laughs> crying. Davis was crying. Yeah. He was crying. What yeah. I mean, you could have asked for nothing better Saturday night, get your cocktails ready, Duke, <laughs> North Carolina. Oh, man. What a tournament. Yep. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. You know who's really good on the. Um, uh, what's her Jamie Erdahl. Mm-hmm. She's good. I think she's probably the next Tracy Wolfson. Taking over that and I role. I think so. Yeah. Once, once Tracy, I'm not pushing her up by any means, but I thought uh, she's been one of the uh, um, all the bright spots, not there, but certainly a revelation kind. She's really good. She asked the right question um, in, in all of the games I've seen her do. One thing I, I thought was really cool, I was just, I was wondering because the South geographically is a little confusing. You know, sometimes it's, man, I can't believe things are that close. So, I, but I wondered, going up a little bit further, how far Chapel Hill, Durham, that whole triangle area, is to New Orleans, about 13 hours drive. So mm-hmm. you can hop in the car, you can mm-hmm. get there. Pretty easy drive, you yep. make it happen in a day. Lawrence, also 13 hours away. Is that right? Yeah, and Philadelphia, 18 hours to get there and a drive a little bit longer huh. there. But for the people and flights, when you get this quick Well, turnaround. did you, somebody, might have been Mike DeCourcy um, or Stuart Mandel screenshotted oh, one of the uh, flight sites, I don't know if it's Expedia or whatever, mm-hmm. from Raleigh to New Orleans. How much the flight was? Was before? No, but it's just as this was as of uh, when it was determined that it's going to be Duke, North Carolina. Two grand. Three. Three grand. $3,200 for a seat and coach. Uh, I'd drive. <laughs> I would too. I'd drive it. 13 hours, you said? Get a private plane to that place. Oh, Thirty two hundred bucks. Yeah, you know what? You only need a few people on that plane, yeah. uh, and you got it paid for. Ten thirty. We will take our time out. Nick Olson on Iowa State. What's that roster going to look like? Look forward to catching up with Nick on that uh, and uh, recapping a really memorable season uh, for Iowa State as they make it to the Sweet Sixteen and once again the United Center uh, got them. That's back-to-back Sweet 16 trips that have ended in the Windy City. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.9. Happy tastes good. (laughs) Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Nick Olson, CycloneAlert.com. Iowa State, the football team, will be practicing in public for the next three Friday nights. Um, help me out, Trent. Ames, Gilbert, East High School in Des Moines. Is that you the got order? It. Yep. Uh, Nick Olson joins us. Nick, you ready to put take off your basketball coverage hat and plop that football one on? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get into it, my guys. I'm all for it myself. Uh, but let's do basketball, obviously, as we uh, put a capper on a remarkable run uh, by uh, T.J. Otzelberger's team. It really and truly was, and, and, and good for them, and happy for the fan base uh, after they went through the, well, everybody went through a couple awful years, but the team uh, uh, in the wins and loss column, obviously, we know what it was. It wasn't good. But it was this year, and hats off to them. So let's go forward with this roster. We heard the news this morning. Um, that uh, that uh, Isaiah Brockington is going to enter the NBA draft. That doesn't mean he can't come back, right? I mean, you, do you know if there's been the um, 
He's going to forego and hire an agent. Have you heard anything along those lines? Is he definitively done, or is that door still open a crack? I have heard something. Yep, I, I believe he's hiring an agent, but what I can confirm is he is likely to play in an NBA Invitational, um, which will actually have him lose his, his eligibility gotcha. uh, kind of ahead of the draft process to get some more eyes on him. Also got some confirmation from him this morning. So, yeah, I definitely wish him... You know, the absolute best. What a pleasure to cover and watch this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Great player, but uh, yeah, door closing, it feels like there, about any chance at all of a return. So we look at roster construction. We'll get to that in a moment. But before I look back at Friday night, had a chance, go into the final 10 minutes of the game. It's a tight one, but Miami made the plays. And every time it felt like Iowa State maybe had a little run in them or they were getting some of that momentum, Miami just had a response for them every single time. Not a frustrating night. It wasn't one where you're left kind of saying, what if, I don't think. Miami was just the better side overall. But you look back at the game Friday night, what's going to be your takeaway? What's going to be your memory of what we saw in Chicago? Yeah, I think Miami just simply, you know, kind of like you said, the better side. They just had more reliable scores, you know, kind of a more fluid Mm -hmm. offense, better on that side of the ball. And I think that's, you know, in a way, kind of a way to look back and reflect on the season as a whole, right? It was incredibly successful overachievers, but the offense does need to be improved. And I think that's going to be a major talking point, you know, entering things like the transfer portal and going into the off season. No, no doubt about it. I thought Wardenberg was really good. And uh, Miller didn't miss a shot for crying out loud. He was terrific. Well, uh, let, let's go forward to that roster that you referenced there, Nick. And obviously there's going to be some changes. There's been some speculation out there. I know Jared Stansberry wrote a piece at Cyclone Fanatic, did a nice job kind of speculating some, some names that uh, may surprise some people. Let's start with the bigs. Condit and Jones both could come back. Both had, I mean, Condit way exceeded his uh, season uh, from last year to this year. He made strides. Robert Jones, but there is a need for an upgrade uh, with with the bigs. What about those two? What are you hearing pursuant to Condit and Jones? I would not expect uh, Condit back. He, You know, he kind of expressed some potential desire to come back, but I do believe, you know, he will kind of be moving on, and I would anticipate Jones still being a part of the team. I think that, you know, both for on and off court reasons, he's uh he's kind of a quiet, but good energy type guy, a very good teammate. He improved some of his offense late in the season, mm-hmm. always brings a defense rebounding. And, you know, there, there are some other things that go into that as well. So I believe Condit will not be a part of the team next year, but Robert Jones likely should be from what I've been hearing over the weekend. Transfer portal going to be a big part of this. And, and, Take us behind the scenes a little bit there. 24-7, you work for a big network, high school coaches, getting the right AU people to talk to. I'm sure that's one thing, but when a guy goes into this process as a transfer, does that make it more difficult to to get information for your subscribers at the site? That's a really good way to yeah, kind of think about things. It's something that I'm a little bit new to. I've kind of gotten a, a taste of things. But, yeah, there are just a lot of ways you know, where there can be uh, maybe – stumbles or, or issues of how to handle things and you got to make sure that it's everything is by the book you know people have to be officially in the portal or you know announcing that they are leaving to kind of get things out of it so like you said you can always generally kind of get a sense of what you anticipate and there are always rumors but yeah it can make things a little tougher to get final 
confirmation from people when there are so many moving pieces. Uh, back to the roster. Let's talk. There was two Big Ten transfers that made a massive impact on this team. We know the uh, what, uh, what how it's going to end, or that it has ended for Brockington. What about Gabe Kalsher, who you know down the stretch his offense picked up to go along with stout defense. What about Gabe Kalsher? There certainly, I would think, from an outsider perspective, uh, be a roster spot there for him if he wants it. Do you believe he does? I do believe he does. Yep. From what I've heard and, you know, kind of said on, on this show a few weeks ago, everything that I've heard up until, yeah, at least yesterday, he is expected back. Uh, the team loves his defense. He's actually emerged as one of the top leaders on the team. Obviously, he was a big scorer in the tournament, especially in that Wisconsin game. So as long as he is playing college basketball, which from what I've heard, he will be. He's not mm-hmm. looking, you know, to NBA or pro or anything yet. There is absolutely a spot, and he is thought of very highly by the staff. You know, just one more on him, because it was, I, I guess, a t- it was really weird, right? A technical error. I mean, this guy starts every game, and th- 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 they fill out the score. I mean, how, what happened that, that he didn't start? Was it simply a wrong number that was written down that, um, uh, that uh, kept him, I guess, on the bench to start the game against Miami? That is just about exactly what happened. Yeah, it was, you know, briefly mentioned after the game. It wasn't a performance or discipline right. thing or anything. It was simply a clerical error. And, yeah, so obviously one of the top players had to sit out for, you know, the first, I believe it was 40, 50 seconds. And obviously that affected the team a little bit initially. They, they kind of got back into things. But, yeah, I'd never seen that one before. Nor I. And the stage for it to be it's just yeah. to happen for it happen there. Yeah, it's, right. it's one thing in a non conference game. This is completely different. It's the NCAA tournament. Well, uh, a couple of names that are being floated out there right now in the transfer market. One of them, a Temple transfer, Jeremiah Williams. He's a, a shoot a sophomore that averaged nine and a half points, four and a half assists per game. Certainly could help in the backcourt. Another really intriguing guy comes from the Ivy League from Brown, Jalen Ganey. Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, that fits pretty well with Iowa State. What's his name? Ganey. Jalen Ganey. And there's a dozen teams that are listed along with Iowa State. What are you hearing? Any names that you can float out and the chances? You know they're already zeroing in on on a couple of those names, I'm sure, at this point and trying to set up visits and everything. What names you got for us here as we sit on March 28th? Yeah, those are two big ones, especially uh, Jeremiah Williams. There are... You know, a couple of connections there. I've, I've kind of heard a little bit the last day or so. Ganey, I have not heard quite as much buzz on. And I would just continue to look at basically any big names that you see, either at shooting guard or kind of a power forward flex five. Uh, there have been, you know, some floated out there. They're going to look to really improve the scoring at those positions. Obviously, now the Brockington news is official. So Iowa State will be without a really good scorer there. They're going to need to fill that. And even though we mentioned that Robert Jones will be back, they're going to look for more of a, you know, potentially offensively skilled scoring five. Uh, there are a couple conferences where that could come from. I've heard some rumblings of Big Ten as well as Horizon League. Uh, so I would definitely kind of keep your name on those conferences at those positions right now. Well, the Big Ten was certainly good to them in the transfer market uh, last season, so we shall watch it. Nick, great stuff. Thank you, as always. Uh, next Monday we will well, – I'm sure there will be some basketball news, but it'll, uh, will you be going to the practice on Friday night? Absolutely. I can't wait for it. Good stuff, and we can't wait to talk about it on Monday. Nick, thanks for doing this, as always. Nick Olson, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Thank you, Nick.
Great season. Thank you, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Thank you. Nick Olson uh, from Cyclone Alert. All right, our final, we'll get our break. Come back, wrap up our number one. It's Miller and Con. A little potpourri next. How about that, Trent? Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Right. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO at 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final segment, hour number one of the program. Rob Doster from the field of 68. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic uh, coming up in hour number two. Thanks to Nick Oson, who joined us from uh, CycloneAlert.com. Uh, Trent, a couple of things, a little potpourri here to finish out the final few minutes of the first hour of the program. Uh, the baseball team that KXNO used to carry, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, one of their guys uh, going to finish out his career. Albert Pujols signing uh, back to St. Louis. He goes, he gets there with 679 home runs, 21 away. He's 42 years old. Uh, he will he won't turn 43 until January. He's going to be obviously the DH, maybe play a little bit at first base. We shall see about that. But on the surface, does the, uh, does the signing make sense to you? Well, it makes sense for one reason, one reason only, I really think, and that's nostalgia, right? Yeah. Ending his career, where it started, all the great things that he did, mm-hmm. the ability he could have come back, made the decision to make, take more money. But outside of that, what's left in the tank? Yeah. It, that's, I, I think, remains the biggest question. Last year, hit 236, 17 homers, and 275 at bats. Well, that's pretty good, too. So 17 and how many at bats? 275. Wow. Now, his war wins above replacement. Yeah. You put an average player there, yeah. is zero. <laughs> he was a negative 0.6. Yeah. Um, but so he's below average. Right. Uh, the 17 home runs gets your attention, and I don't know if he's just going to be a pinch hitter at this point. Maybe spell Goldschmidt a little bit if he needs a day uh, a day off. I mean, baseball's going to be so different to follow. But remember... National League's got the DH. There's a DH, yes, right. and that's a huge component of Massive. this, too, mm-hmm. uh, of what they're going to do. Offensively, this Cardinals team looks pretty good. Now... A huge win streak at the end of the year. Did that taint our view of the Cardinals? Because for the first, what, four and a half months of the season, this is a very average team. Yeah, I thought so too. And they put it together and, and at the right time and got mm-hmm. going and won the division. But yeah, overall, I like the offense. I don't love the offense. I like the staff. I don't love the staff. They seem destined for another, what, 85, 86, 87 wins? And yeah. Probably good enough. We'll see about the Brewers, too. And, and that's a big component here. But back to Pujols, I think outside of nostalgia, I just don't think there's a whole lot left there. Is he going to get 300 at-bats this year? If I put the over-under at that, 300 at-bats. Under. under. 250. Boy, that's a, that's a good number. That's the number? Yeah, I think that's the number. Look, he needs 21 to get this, the magic number of 700. Mm-hmm. Uh, A-Rod finishes with 696, so if you could leapfrog him, that's still, what, 15, 17 to leapfrog uh, Rodriguez, 21 to get to 700. He had 17 last year. I mean, there's no chance, right, that he does it. I mean, it's not going to happen. Not I wouldn't happen. think so, no. No. Unless it's a year where they do have... A bunch of injuries, and he gets 450 at bats, mm-hmm. and he's out there seemingly every single day as the DH. Yeah, then I guess you could talk yourself into it because yeah, you're right. He still got pop. There's mm-hmm. still pop in there when he's making contact. Just doesn't happen very often. Uh, their DH, at least they're going to go into the season. Their designated hitter has to be, I would think, one of the uh, weakest in the league. Uh, Corey Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. Look, to, to be fair, to, to be fair to him, he didn't have a ton of at bats last year either. He had the, where are we? Three hundred thirty-six, and he hit six home runs. So he's not a power guy, but he's a left-handed bat. Um, so you got to put him in the lineup for that. I don't know about this Cardinal team, Trent. As you know, last year turning the clock back, I was confident the Brewers are going to be the team to beat. Mm-hmm. I don't have a clue about this division this year. I really don't. I mean, you. I don't think obviously the Pirates aren't going to be the winner of it, um, but is it is it the Brewers? Uh, is it is it the Cardinals? Um, I Cincinnati's. I don't think going to win eighty games. Cubs, eighty games. So it's between the Brewers and the Cardinals, right? I think so. Yeah, and I, I think the gap between them and everybody else is so significant. The staff of the Brewers is outstanding. It's not just Burns and Woodruff. You know, Peralta had a really nice year. Mm-hmm. Hauser can do some things. Uh, Lauer's your number five. You're feeling really good about that. We know about the bullpen. They still got dudes there. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Tater. Devin Williams, if he's healthy this year, remember when he was healthy, just how good yep. that dude was. Brad Boxberger, a career solid middle reliever. Suter, Cousins, they got dudes in there that I think he'd be very excited about with the bullpen. And I, I fell into the trap again. I went down the rabbit hole. My boy, Keston Hira, who was as awful as awful could be a year ago for the Brewers. But that rookie year still just kind of clings mm-hmm. in my mind just how good he was. They're working. They have three different guys apparently working with Hira right now. His minor league coach when he was coming onto the scene and two other new hitting instructors. Basically, their whole job right now in Milwaukee at camp him. is to fix Keston Hira and figure out this guy and bring him back to what we saw, what, three years ago, his rookie year, mm-hmm. when he looked like he was on his way and destined becoming a great player. The thing is, they don't really have a spot for him because you're not taking Colton Wong out, right? No. And what they have at shortstop, and there's just there's not a spot again, DH, possibly, but I don't know where the abats are going to come from. Overall, though, I think the Brewers, I think the, I guess the way that they are set up right now in the division standings, but by odds, I think it's right. I think it's Brewers, then Cardinals, then big gap between everybody else. Out of the next three, though, is it the Cubs? Could the Cubs put it all together and, and win 84 games? And maybe that's enough to get the last wild card spot. In a perfect world, you got health, you got everything else. It's a bullpen, a bunch of no namers. We're going to be figuring that out. After the top two in the rotation, you're figuring it out, but. Is there enough here where you get that kind of that fairy dust sprinkled on this team and the Cubs are relevant and at least get us to August? Um, fingers crossed that that's the case, yes. I mean, I hope so. I, I think they've got a chance. I'm anxious to see them. I'm anxious to see them. You know, back to the Cardinals for just a second. You know who they picked up that, that um, look, I, I followed the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Steven Matz was maybe their best pitcher last year from yeah. the start of the season till the end of the season. He won a a bunch of games, uh, good strikeout numbers. He signed a one-year prove-it deal, and he did, and he got rewarded by going to the Cardinals, left-handed pitcher, the Mets. So I like the addition of him to the rotation. I mean, it's a coin flip, Trent. I can't decide Brewers or Cardinals. I guess if, you had, if you're making me decide, I would go Brewers, but I won't fall off my chair if the Redbirds are back in the playoffs. That's where I am right now, too. It's a, it's a Brewers division, but the Cardinals, a little more relevant in that first time that Albert Pujols is going to trot out uh, or in a bat at Bush. Yep. That's going to be appointment TV. I, I, that's like the way, be one. I like the way that you coined it. It is... Um it's nostalgia, mm-hmm. is, is, is what it is. Our real quick, Trent, uh, Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions saw this one coming a mile away, yes, going to be did. the focus of Hard Knocks uh, when it resumes in August. This is a, a different cat, as you know, if you've listened to his press conferences. Um, I, I, look, at, I'm going to watch it regardless of who it is, but I think that he, I mean, it's the Lions, so you just wonder, right? Um, 
What kind of buzz will there be? There'll be big-time buzz because this guy is off his rocker. I mean, he is a different guy. He is built differently. He talks differently. And because of that, football dudes are going to love it. People that just want entertainment are going to love it. So, yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of buzz. It's the Detroit Lions, of course, not a national team by any mean. But, yeah, I think this is going to be one that's going to work out. This is going to be one that is going to get us entertained in, in a series that overall has lost some oomph yeah, it has. I agree. over the years. Yep. I mean, that was appointment television. Yep. That was something that you had to be in front of your TV. And it was a huge talker for us for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. That was kind of that August bridge to get us to real football season. And it was... Every single time we would come in and talk about what it was and some of the great storylines that came out of it. Nine o'clock Tuesday night, HBO, be there. Is it just a series, though, that we've hit every Run beat? its course? Yeah, that there's you know. nothing new that you can do and outside of this wacko that we're going to see uh, out there and the mm. you know different meetings that are going to be happening. And will that be enough? I, I don't know, because look at the roster. I mean, who, who are you going to sell on this roster? Jared Goff? No. Right? And who else? TJ Hawkinson? I mean, it's a cool story for us, right? But uh, personality-wise, I mean, I just, I just don't know enough about the Detroit. Look, Trent, everybody, the country watches them once. Mm-hmm. Eleven thirty, Thanksgiving, um, whether it be Fox or CBS, <laughs> whoever they're playing, that's when you watch the Detroit Lions. But uh, other than that, they're out of sight, out of mind. I mean, maybe if you're a fan of the Bears, so you're probably mm-hmm. watching them twice a year. Vikings fans, likewise. Packer fans, same boat. But it's the Detroit Lions. We'll see. We shall see. All right, hour number two coming up. I've got a duck out, a duck out trend, so I appreciate you doing this for me uh, here, carrying it for the final hour. Are you going to have a circle play of the day? And if so, where will you be? Not necessarily who you're betting, but I mean, it's NBA or NHL, right? The NFTs yes. tomorrow? Uh, yeah, that's that's where we are, so I'm kind of waiting on that. Do have some women's basketball tonight. Uh-huh. Got the Elite Eight with uh, NC State against UConn and Michigan-Louisville, so... Making some looks at that, but yeah, probably NBA is going to be where I go. It was a boring weekend, as we talked about at the top. Mm-hmm. The Elite Eight games just yep. were, were not entertaining, and, nope. and now we keep our frost. We got four blue bloods in there. Need a buzzer beater, Trent. Yes. We need a buzzer beater. I think I said that going into the weekend. That was kind of the one missing component. Yep, and you did. Here we are. We finished up, what, 12 more games. And still no buzzer beater. Rob Doster, Field of 68. They'll be in New Orleans. Uh, Doster will join Trent next. Scott Dockerman still to come as well. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. Hour 2 is next. It's 106.XNO.